Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. Sometimes the basketball gods force your hand. That's what's happening this season. The Magic took advantage of their week schedule to begin the campaign. Best record in the NBA. We're flying high. And then Markel Fultz goes down for the season. Combined with other starters like Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon missing many games. Uh, you know, combined with more injuries to other rotation players, and we've plummeted down the standings quickly. We're 9-16 as of this recording. This is not a playoff team because we lead the NBA in games lost due to injury by a large margin. The Magic may have been handed, though, a golden three-month tanking opportunity. Let's go. Penny, uh, now that I'm listening to our intro song again, we might have to think about changing it for at least the next couple months because um, unless we, we look at winning as uh, tanking, uh, it may not work. I don't know what your thoughts are, are on that, but uh, how you been, buddy? Uh, you know, I know you've, uh, you've got your first uh, COVID-19 uh, vaccine dose out of the way, so I don't know if you want to share any more details on that or, or what's going on with that. Yeah, I feel guilty in jumping the line, but uh, I was able to take advantage of uh, uh, an unfrozen one that was about to expire. So that's been nice. Uh, actually, a real simple process. And thank you to the folks at Aspire Health Partners over, um, I guess, almost Maitland, um, Eatonville area. Um, about 15 minutes all in, no, no side effects from the first one. I have an appointment for the second one, which I hear is where you'll get some of the additional side effects or, or more likely to, but uh, real thankful to have gotten the first one, real guilty that I jumped some of the other people who need one, um, but do, doing my part to, to get to the herd immunity, I guess, in that way. At least you want your vaccine, so that, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully in the next two months, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll be getting my first dose. It'd be nice to actually hit the road. And I just saw that that New York is... Uh, is opening up to sports in late February, potentially. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that progresses, but um, this is our first podcast of 2021, which it's a little odd because we're basically halfway through February. So uh, apologize if you missed us, but the last time we recorded, we were four and oh, so a lot of bad stuff has happened to the magic franchise in between all this. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to discuss our viewpoints on the magic roster, uh, the trade rumors, trade machine stuff. We'll say for maybe the next episode before the trade deadline, uh, we're not going to focus on specific or recent games that have occurred you know, the magic did lose in Portland last night, but I mean, there's like four other magic podcasts that do that game by game stuff. And we'll, we'll let them handle that. Uh, you know, the team is, is at the start of their uh, West coast road trip right now. We lost in Portland last night, you know, Alfred Camino returned and then left with a hamstring uh, concern. Uh, Cole Anthony picked up a shoulder strain. So we don't know as of this recording, what, that status is whether it's it's a it's a very you know whether to miss any games or several we, we don't know uh you know and then steve clifford played nuke Vucevic all 24 minutes of the second half which uh contributed to nick almost getting hurt badly himself it seemed like he shaked it shook it off he limped it off 
hopefully he'll be able to play Thursday if he's okay. But we have a nine and 16 record, which is the fourth record in the NBA as of this recording. And uh, I shared it on Twitter, but uh, it was, it's been the first time in like two and a half years, three years that I've been on tankathon. So uh, we have the fourth West uh, worst record in the league, which means we have the fourth best, best odds at the number one pick, which this is uh this is a pretty good draft class to uh, to potentially suck for. So, um, you know, we've had some close calls from a COVID-19 perspective, but we've only had one game postponed this first half of the season. And that was when we were, we had a six and five record and one of those games in Boston didn't end up happening because the Celtics couldn't field enough guys due to COVID-19 contact tracing. Penny, are you surprised the Magic have only missed out on one game? And maybe we should have lied and said, and, and during one of those stretches when we only had like nine, like 10 actual bodies available, maybe we should have lied and said we, we had guys with COVID-19 or we should have lied about the, the contact tracing just to get games postponed. I, I don't know. I, I'm surprised that we've only had one game uh, postponed at this point. Yeah, I think there was a little bit of a rampant spread across the league and we got lucky or unlucky, depending on your definition to. Um, it's lucky. I, I'm, I'm kidding. No one, no one yeah. wants to fake that type of stuff, but yeah. it's, I do have uh, some suspicions about some other teams like Philly or Boston that have uh, had games canceled where their, their roster was not in a good position. Maybe they, they kind of embellished, but I could be completely wrong, but uh, no, it's yeah. Sorry. I broke up your point, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I broke up your point, Benny. My bad. Well, I I just think we're a lucky by Dean of the schedule that uh, we only came across, you know, one team that was dealing with the contract tracing issues. And I will say, you know, obviously we can't speak for every other team in the league, but it does seem like for the most part, uh, a lot of the Magic players are taking the uh, protocols very seriously, and now obviously the NBA has uh, ratcheted up all of the protocols, you know, on and off the floor as well. Yeah, I I guess there was a stretch where guys could have hotel guest visitors um, on the road, which I was yeah, actually they could. I was actually surprised <laughs> that that could happen, and then they put the kibosh on that uh, like about a month ago, but. Uh, the Magic have been pretty lucky. The only guy they've missed due to uh, contact tracing uh, health and safety uh, restrictions. So uh, he didn't get COVID again, but it was Mobamba, uh, which was bad timing. And we'll, we'll get to Mo in a second. But I just kind of want to get to the roster and just kind of build our way up and how, how the Magic may definitely want to look at uh, spending these next three months and actually tank because uh, the opportunity is there and the basketball gods seem to want us to tank right now. So let's just say very quick before we move on, you mentioned the magic have the fourth worst record in the league, the wizards, the pistons, and uh, someone in the Western conference, the Timberwolves are all worse currently than the magic. Who, who do you see as the candidate that has the best opportunity to leapfrog the magic or is it all three of those teams? You mean as far as them having better records than us? Yeah. Who do you who do you think's going to go on a run between those three? I, I mean, honestly, well, I, I just saw the t- the Timberwolves are getting Carl Anthony Towns back. Combine yeah. him with Anthony Edwards, who's actually playing really well right now. I would say the T Wolves have a pretty good chance of winning some games. The Wizards, I think, are definitely going to win some games because 
just by the fact that I think the Magic are only a game back behind them because the Wizards missed have missed a ton of games. So they have a lot of games to make up, which that may or may not be great from a schedule perspective if they're doing like all these back to back and maybe, you know, three, three games and three nights type things. But I mean, you got Bradley Beal and you got Russell Westbrook and it doesn't look like Beal's going to get traded until the, at least the off season, if for nothing else, because Beal doesn't move, want to move his family during a pandemic in the middle of a season, which I, I respect that. Um, so yeah. And the wizards, they, again, they've mostly been healthy. And if they get guys like Bertans um, back into prior season form before the, the pandemic shut things down, um, you know, Bertan, you know, they've got guys that can play better than what they've been doing right now. Um, uh, that's and so I think those two will leapfrog the magic. And who's the other team you mentioned? That was and then Detroit, who has beaten uh recently, I guess, the Lakers and the Nets, or at least taken the Lakers down to the wire. So Detroit you, likes beating you never teams. know. Yeah, Detroit likes beating teams above 500. So I would just say look at the schedule because they, they like punching above their weight class if they're playing tough teams. They'll probably leapfrog the mag, leapfrog the mag, yeah, leapfrog the magic as well. And so, um, I mean, look, they just traded Derrick Rose away, and they're getting Dennis Smith Jr. back, so that's probably a negative on the court. But I mean, Jeremy Grant is probably a most improved player candidate. I mean, he's he, he's he might be in all voting in the All Star game. Some of that's dependent on record as well. But uh, Blake Griffin, if he can stay on the floor, he's still great. Um, I, it's honestly the magic can definitely be the worst team in the NBA. It can definitely happen. I don't, I don't, I don't see a reason why it can't in a season of despair. There's still some hope for us is what you're saying. And look, this is the, this is the situation and the time to suck. The season ends around your birthday. I think it's, I think the, the season ends May 22nd officially. Now maybe they'll push it back depending on schedule, you know, rescheduling of games and, and whatnot. But as of right now, it's towards the end of May, you know, it's February 10th. So we're looking at three months and what, two weeks, basically that you would have to just tank you were with the magic are 35% of the way through their 72 game season. So um, yeah. All right, let's go. Let's go with, uh, with the roster. We'll kind of start small and build, build our way up. Uh, Jordan bone is no longer a magic two-way player. We dumped him for the 2019-2020 G League MVP and Frank Mason the third. Thoughts on Jordan Bone first, Penny. I, I I don't know if you got any thoughts on Bone. Uh well, it's a shame that we will no longer be entering the bone zone. But <laughs> out, outside of that, I think we had we had talked about that at the beginning of the year or you know, the season preview. I, I think he's clearly a replacement level fringe player I don't think he necessarily took full advantage of his opportunity certainly had a a great opportunity by default um and and really I think you can see kind of in in Frank Mason a lot more of a floor general type player which is really what the magic need at this point in time as a stopgap yeah I mean look Jordan Bone played 14 games for us. He averaged like four points per game, shot 43% from the field and 31% from deep. That's not terrible, but considering the amount of minutes he was getting, uh, it wasn't good enough. And the 1.3 assists per game is what's noticeably low and probably why the coaching staff didn't want to keep him after that. Um, look, Bone was starting to find a shot, uh, especially after his first few games with us. Um, and then like his defense wasn't 
like DJ Augustine level of bad, but it, it wasn't great. And I mean, he look, he is six two. Now we have Frank Mason the third, who's listed at five foot eleven, so he's probably like five foot nine. But he comes in, you know, he's an early second round pick in the twenty seventeen draft by the Sacramento Kings. He's a University of Kansas guy. He spent last season with the Bucks and won MVP with the Wisconsin herd at the at you know scoring twenty six points per game. So the man can score. And look, he's only played three games for the Magic so far, but he's already averaging eight points per game, four assists per contest, and he's getting four rebounds per contest. He's moving the ball around nicely. He's already developed some decent chemistry with guys like Birch, um, and you know he played a lot last night with Cole out the entire second half. Um, and personally, I'm just glad he didn't die in that hard foul that he took uh, or hard fall and foul that should have been a foul. Wasn't called a foul, but it's a hard foul against the Bulls over the weekend. What do you think of Mason? Yeah, I, I think uh, as we touched on, it's, it's nice to have a more prototypical point guard. And even if he's uh, smaller in stature than kind of somebody that's often more off, uh, offensive oriented for themselves, especially when you're running the second unit where really the focus is trying to set Terrence Ross up for, you know, less contested shots than he likes to take. So it's, it's nice to have a pure point guard at the point guard position. It would be nicer to have uh, Fultz and Cole Anthony at the point guard position. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to make do what we got, but he's, he's actually pretty entertaining to watch. So if we're going to suck and lose, at least we're going to get a few ma- a few nice moments from Frank Mason. So uh, Kareem Mane is our other uh, long-term two-way contract project. He played six games for us, but he's going to likely stay with Lakeland the rest of our, uh, our, our season, at least as the G League bubble right now just is just commenced. It's back here in Disney world. And, you know, it's 17 G League teams plus that, G League Ignite team, um, you know, obviously Lakeland's taking part in that, and uh, they're basically going to just play, and then uh, the top eight teams will get in the playoffs, and it'll be single elimination style, and they'll crown a champion from there. But uh, so that that's actually going to be fun to watch. I mean, a couple of those games are going to be on some of the ESPN affiliates, and I'll definitely be tuning tuning in for Mane and maybe uh, the the G League Ignite team with a couple of the guys that could be lottery bound that uh, that are on that team. So uh, I will be tuning in. But uh, you know, I, I like Kareem Mane. I'm optimistic about what he can become. He's afraid to shoot right now, uh, which is obviously a big problem if you want to be in the NBA. But uh, hopefully he'll he'll hoist it up a lot more uh, with Lakeland. But he only took five, nine field goal attempts with us. And thankfully, he made one in his last game, that sixth game with us. Yeah, but it's it's a heck of a story. It's, it's a kid from Senegal who and was in Montreal, Canada. Now he's here in Florida and I'm rooting for him. And I I, I think that there's a strong future for him ahead, even though he, he's not shooting right now. I don't know your thoughts. Yeah, well, I would just say from an organizational perspective, whether there is a bright future or not for him, that's exactly the kind of flyer that you want the uh, leaders in the basketball off, you know, basketball ops department to to take advantage of for that one of those two way spots. And uh, now you just got to hope that I guess Stan Heath is is the right uh, player development guru to he to lead the Lakeland operation yeah um and and that you know kareem is dedicated as a professional to improving and getting better and i will say too both for him and and frank mason that uh you know there's a good track record of 
players that perform very well in the G League or, you know, more aptly, the G League MVP is coming in the season after and actually making an NBA impact. So the, the pathway is certainly there. And uh, in spite of all of the additional challenges that the pandemic has caused for, uh, you know, player player development, the, the pathway is there and hopefully he'll be able to take full advantage in the bubble. Absolutely. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on Markel Fultz. We, we don't really need to say too much. You know, we were six and two before he went down in that eighth game against Cleveland where he tore his uh, left ACL. It's it's a brutal loss. It's why have the magic are where they're at now, you know, uh, but Markel, he's he that, that kid. He's he's young and motivated enough that I think he'll be he'll be ready to go come. If not the start of next season, pretty close to the start, I think, maybe like November, December. It, it, it just depends on the recovery. But, I mean, again, his, his loss is enormous. He, he could have been in the running for most improved player if, if, he, uh, if he would have kept, uh, kept at it. I mean, his, his number improvement was there. Um, he, he hit a bit of a slump uh, in the middle of, of that stretch. But, I mean, it's, it goes with the growing pains of leading an NBA franchise you know, at the point guard position. But... You know, there's a reason why the Magic have won three games since Fultz went down. You know, we're three and 14 without him. And, you know, for Markel's sake, it's a good thing he signed that contract extension. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> to, to lock in. Uh, and, and honestly, like, he deserves a, you know, life changing money for what he's had to go through to this point. This additional adversity makes things much tougher. But, uh, if you could point to a select number of people that are up for the challenge, I think he's certainly one of them. And the hope is that he can uh, return. You know, we don't know the timeline of next season, I guess, but the hope is that he can, um, you know, kind of hit the ground running and, and make a contribution before we get off to a slow start next year. Well, Anthony. Mr. Cole World, uh, look, hopefully his right shoulder strain isn't bad that he suffered last night against Portland. It looked like Cantor barely touched him, so I'm hoping it's it's very minor. I don't know if you've seen, if you've had experiences with shoulder strains. I have not. Um, it's it's one of those where it, it's, it really looked like Cantor just like barely touched his his finger on the on the shot follow through. So who who knows what will what will happen with that? I've seen some people say he could be playing on Thursday. I've seen some people say he could be out a week or two. I've seen some people say he could be out as long as two months. It really just depends on the strain, um, you know, but overall, considering the COVID-19 circumstances uh, hovering above the season, you know, Cole's had no summer league. He's had very short training camp and exhibition schedule. He got thrown into the fire immediately. He started 17 games already. And I think he's done fine for a 15th overall pick, you know, 11 points per game, four assists per contest, four and a half rebounds per game. He, he hits the glass really well for, for his size. I mean, he's listed at six, two, I think he's shorter. Um, actually, I think he's listed six, three, but either way, I think he's shorter, but uh, you know, he's shooting like about 38% from the field, but it's on the rise. And same goes with the 33% from three point range. He's going to go through a ton of defensive growing pains as, as we've seen already, but you know, length, bothers him so he'll he'll have to adapt to that just like most undersized point guards have to which I, I mean I say undersized but basically now if you're a point guard that's under six foot three or six foot four you're undersized right um you know that but he's not afraid to throw his body around he takes plenty of contact driving to the rim he bounces up back up pretty quickly 
I just like his confidence. You know, that game winner he hit in Minneapolis is in the excitement he had through all those interviews. He's a straight shooter. He's not, he's not, you know, a robot when it comes to his personality. He just gives me a lot of hope with how he, he can carry himself. And, you know, if, if he gets back quickly from this so shoulder strain, you know, he'll, he'll eventually deal, I think with a bit of a rookie wall. Um, but I think he carries himself well enough that he get, can get through that turbulence. Um, you know, there's four magic players that had played every, you know, all 25 games so far this season. Uh, it's Vucevic, Dwayne Bacon, Kem Birch and, uh, and Cole. So, you know, the best kind of availability, or sorry, I butchered that. Of course, I butchered that. But the best kind of ability is availability. And I'd really prefer it if, uh, you know, Steve Clifford wouldn't make him the side out of bounds pass or late in games. That's, yeah. that's all I got for him. Uh, well, I think you you hit the nail on the head. And just optically, the the rebounding has really stood out. Um, his willingness to to crash the boards both offensively and defensively. Um, I've been surprised by a little bit of the explosive moments. He certainly had a couple of memorable drives to the baskets and and you know pretty thunderous slams. So that's been nice to see as well. And and really to your point. You know, we've had promising rookies, but we just, I, I don't think even accounting for, you know, Hazonia had a, a rational confidence, but I think Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon are more understated confidence. And we just haven't had a really, um, I guess, expressive, confident rookie to get behind so soon that he, you know, whether he has star talent or not, I'm not sure yet. I certainly think he will continue to grow and get better as he has from, you know, game one till now, but he certainly has the personality to be a leader. Um, and I think that's important. And how do you, how do you stack him up against, let's say LaMelo ball um, so far in this season? Well, he was doing better than LaMelo right up until about two weeks ago when LaMelo ball started starting. Um, you know, Terry Rozier, I think, went down for Charlotte and James Borrego, Borrego finally just unleashed ball. And I mean, the kid's racking up a ton of numbers. So LaMelo's he's impressive. And look, Charlotte's probably a playoff team right now. So uh it's yeah he, he's not up there but i mean you can look you can put cole up cole anthony up in that top five he's probably behind who would be put him behind ball halliburton maybe wiseman but wiseman's been hurt um i put him behind anthony edwards again edwards is kind of picking it up for minnesota but i mean most people have cole in that top five running right now as far as rookie campaigns go i don't know if, if that that suits your uh, your thoughts yeah, I think uh, also quickly in New York as well. But oh, yeah, yeah quickly. Mean, quickly's been amazing. God. Yeah, but he's, I think, I mean, considering everything you mentioned with no lead up and run up to the season and then also really being thrown into the fire, you, I don't know how much more you can ask for out of him than what he's given you. Yeah, I think Cole playing on a garbage UNC team for an entire year is actually suiting him very well right now for a Magic team that is just decimated with injury. But all right, uh, let's talk Michael Carter-Williams because we might see him during this road trip. Uh, we'll, we actually need him if Cole is going to be out Thursday and beyond because basically Frank Mason is our only point guard that we have right now. Uh, I don't know how that's going to work if we, we if if uh, Clifford has to call up uh, – you know, Kremane from from Lakeland, or if they'll even let him do that, leave the Disney bubble and make it out to San Francisco. I don't think they'll even allow that. But, um, you know, the worst thing we could have asked MCW to do was put on that extra weight a year and a half ago to, 
you know, handle and defend more small forwards and shooting guards because it's been just a lot of injuries since, you know, he missed the playoffs in the bubble last season. He played the first seven games of the season, including starting his last two games uh, right next to Markel Fultz before missing all of, you know, this time on all these games with a foot injury that has lasted longer than maybe anyone would have expected. I'm, I'm stunned. He's, he's been out this long with that sprained uh, left ankle. I don't know about you, Penny. Yeah, I definitely didn't expect him to be out for such a prolonged period of time. You know, we at, obviously we kind of know who he is and what he does. And um, at, at what point does the constant string of injuries impact your decision to tender him a future contract, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, look, MCW is on the first year of his two-year deal that he signed. So there's there's some stability for, for him for a change going into next season where he'll be making, again, you know, about $3 million per season. Uh, I do have a question for you, Penny. So had MCW been healthy, would Clifford have started him instead of Cole Anthony when Markel Fultz went down? Uh, it's a solid question, and my inclination would be no. What do you think? Uh, I say yes. His uh, – Look, Clifford does like to lean on the veterans a lot at times, uh, he, especially when he likes certain guys. He's, he's, he's done it with MCW. He's doing it with Bacon. He's doing it with Kem Birch. But look, Michael's hustle, his size, his defending and passing ability is badly missed during his long absence. There's, there's no doubt about it. He's basically the heartbeat of this team when you think about it. And it's, you know, we kind of forget that because he's been gone so much over the past calendar year, basically. But, you know, I could comfortably say that the Magic would have three more wins now than, than you know, than they do now if he was actually healthy. Uh, just him and alone. I mean, out of all the guys that we've missed, I just think he's that valuable. But, uh, you know, long term, it seems to be working out for Cole's development in my eyes. And but, you know, during those early first few games where Cole was struggling, you know, getting all those minutes and handling all that responsibility, I think Cliff definitely would have leaned a lot on MCW. And, you know, look, we'll see how Clifford handles MCW's minutes when he does become available. Obviously, he'll he'll probably be asked to play a lot if he comes back here in the next game or two. But uh, when he does, hopefully uh, Michael shoots a lot better than the 8.3% from three-point range that he shot uh, in those first seven games. What, what do you think? You said no. Why? Um, I, I just feel like that he, uh, Cliff had kind of, um, I guess Cole Anthony had earned Cliff's confidence. You I know? think now he definitely has. I think now yeah. it's there's not a doubt. But I think initially when when Fultz went down, I think initially there there was that period where, where Cole struggled, you know, in Texas a little bit here and there that he, he could have definitely leaned a lot on Michael. But, um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. All right, Dwayne Bacon. So Dwayne Bacon cannot make a pass to save his life, nor does he choose to want to make a pass to save his life. But <laughs> man does have some Tracy McGrady inspired moves. I mean, it's there's there's some Lakeland Auburndale love going on there. And T-Mac is, is Dwayne Bacon's guy. But, you know, Dwayne, he's averaged 10 points per game, 41% shooting from the field, 37% from three-point range. So the threes are, are falling down and – you know, he's he started most of his games this season due to, you know, our injuries to James Ennis, Evan Fournier, Michael Carter-Williams and more. And so I really can't complain for a guy making one point six million dollars. You know, I just I just can't. I, I, I nitpick and I say, like, look, 
I, I want you to pass more, but that's really it. I mean, from a, from a stats perspective and I mean, defensively, he puts in the effort. He's, he's not an, an, he's not a great defender. I don't think, but he puts in the effort on both ends and he's, he's doing about as well as I can expect from, from, for a man of his caliber and his talent, I think, but you know, his deal, his contract isn't guaranteed for next season. I think he, I think he'll probably stick around next season. You know, obviously a lot just depends on what, the front office chooses to do, but I, I don't hate the Dwayne Bacon acquisition. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah. I've been, I guess, pleasantly surprised with the production, even though it's uh, not necessarily great. I, I think in terms of a minimum pickup, I, again, how much more can you really ask of him? Um, and he, you know, since he has not had to fill in for, James Ennis, when he kind of had a solidified bench role, his productivity went up, uh, as mentioned many times on the broadcast in in less actual minutes on the floor. So that's, you know, that's pretty much all you can ask of a Dwayne Bacon, I think. Yeah. Now, speaking of James Ennis, he hasn't missed as many games as I thought initially. I don't know if you would think, but he missed he missed the first seven games of this campaign so far. And that's it. You know, he started 17 of his 18 contests. Uh, you know, last season, he's the other known magic player, not named Obama, that we, we know of anyway, that that got COVID-19 before getting into the Disney bubble. He obviously played in the playoffs, though. He, he had trouble defending and hitting shots in that Buck series, but his percentages are better this season than you would think. I mean, He's he's averaging just 6.6 points per game, which I would want that to be higher. But he's shooting 48 percent from the field, 42.4 percent from three point range. You know, he got a big bump from the Portland game last night where he pushed put up 16 points, which is a very strong performance from him and why the magic didn't completely get blown out in that game. But, you know, he's going to turn 31 years old in just a few months and. He's not moving well defensively in my eyes. You know, he, he missed that time after supposedly having a great training camp and off season, which didn't help his, you know, his cause. He missed those exhibition games in those, you know, those first seven, you know, seven games of the, of the regular season. But I mean, his shooting is getting better each week and, you know, we'll see how these next few months go for him, but we signed him to a one-year deal in the off season. He's making about the same as Michael Carter Williams, you know, $3 million. And even though his shooting percentages seem great, I, I just wouldn't bring him back right now next season. Um, I, again, it just a lot depends on what, what our money situation is. He's, he's a good veteran. He, you know, he, he fought, he fought well for us in the buck series, but I, I just don't think he's that good defensively as, as, as even last season before the stoppage. I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are. I mean, offensively he's, he's doing fine, but obviously I don't want James Ennis being a starter. And maybe if he was coming off the bench, I would, I would think of him a lot better, but I mean, we got both Dwayne Bacon and James Ennis starting right now. And I actually like Bacon more of a starter than, than Ennis, even though the percentages should probably indicate the opposite. Yeah, I think we were hoping, you know, whatever, regardless of percentage, there's stats and optics and, you know, analytics mm-hmm. uh, all, all may tell a different story. I, I think that Ennis is a really good fifth starter if your other four starters are better. I don't know how much he really gives you off the bench as, a, as more of a focal point. You know, I think he excels in a role where uh, he can 
spot up from the corner and when he's not hopefully hitting 35-ish percent of those three-point attempts that he's really crashing the boards hard and and at least exerting himself defensively for whatever results there are with hands on the passing lane and things of that nature. I, I certainly would hope that you know, our, first of all, our health will be better next season. Yeah, um, it, it has to, there's, there's really no way it can be worse. I, I well, there is, but it's, the, <laughs> well, don't say, yeah, yeah. Don't I, say I won't that. say that, but it's very highly unlikely that our, uh, our health can be as bad as it's been this season. And we haven't even been hit by COVID-19 issues yet. That's the sad right. part. And, so. and by virtue of that, I would hope that we would be able to find a better, uh, a better player or a better fit um with with that kind of you know financial uh very limited financial flexibility that we have all right let's have the evan fournier conversation so okay. as a person with a not great uh back i feel evan fournier's pain uh he's 28 years old but those back spasms don't don't give a shit he uh he missed nine games because you know he missed nine games uh, because of them earlier on. And now he's out now to at least start this road trip, you know, because of them, who knows if we'll see him on the, on this West coast road trip, but he started 14 games that he has played. Uh, he's at 18 points per game, a career tying 3.6 assists per game, shooting 44% from the field, 35% from three point range. You'd want that three point percentage to actually be higher. It's not as good as it was last year, but um, this is a contract year for him. You know, that $17 million comes off the books in the summer and then he's, he's a free agent. So, you know, his defense again has been just bad. It, it's, it's been horrible from my viewpoint. See, you know, the Gordon, see, you know, him against Gordon Hayward and that loss to Charlotte, see him getting lit up for the most part by Fred Van Vliet's 54 points, see him getting blown by Zach Levine constantly and often. You know, I said the Magic should have dealt him before the season. He comes off an awesome three-point shooting season, even if he was horrendous against the Bucs in the playoffs. You know, we'll we'll chalk it up to maybe the illness he was dealing with, which was a non-COVID illness, but, it you know, he was dealing with it. So, but again, it's another playoff failure that he had when Danny Green was kicking his ass two years ago in the Raptors series. So, um but now, you know, and still waiting, the front office is just very limited in what you can get in return if you do indeed trade Evan to a playoff contender. Uh, as a fourth scoring option, he could 100% be like the final piece to a team looking for a championship. Like he, he could definitely be that big of a difference maker, but he just doesn't fit here. You know, he and, and moving forward, I just, I just don't see a spot for him. You know, even as a second or third scoring option, it, it just it just does it won't work. It's it's time in my mind. And, you know, can the magic cause enough of a bidding war with a few other teams out in the league to somehow still be able to get like a young, talented piece in return or a first rounder? I, I don't know. I, I have my doubts. Again, the longer that we've waited, the the worse we it, you know, it, it things have things have gone with this with his stock basically because you know now that he's got the back spasms that's probably not helping his his case for being dealt away but um you know Weltham they they can't resign him in the offseason just you can't do it like there's no way he's going to take a discount um you know if if Evans still on this team past the March 25th trade deadline I will personally be baffled and again you're not going to get Evan on a bargain there's almost no big time free agents left 
you know, for this 2021 offseason. So there's a few teams, you know, that do have ca- a sizable amount of cap space available that one of them is going to pay Evan, if not the 17 million per season, probably more than that, because this guy age wise is in his prime. It's his last big contract opportunity and he wants to get paid. But I, I don't want the magic to pay him. Your thoughts. Uh, I, I agree with you. And without rehashing every single thing that you just said, the only uh, other consideration, which uh, I guess some fans wouldn't mind as well, is how do you uh, how do you perceive moving Evan Fournier in relation to your relationship as an organization with uh, Nikola Vucevic? I don't think that should factor in. I mean, look, I think. Vooch, Vooch is my guy. I'm not trading Vooch at this point. He's the best player on this team. He's he's 30, but he's going to age pretty well for at least the next three to four years. His game should age well to the point where if we can just get an actual number one scoring option and Vooch becomes the number two guy, we're we're doing something. We're there's potential long playoff hopes out there deep playoff hopes out there in my mind. And because he's a center, because he's getting paid, you know, the 26, $24 million per year that he's getting paid, you're just not going to get the assets back that, that you deserve for what he does. I mean, he's, he's the best three. He's probably the best three point shooting center in the league right now. He's one of the best passing centers in the league, probably behind just Jokic. And again, defensively, he's not going to kill you. So, I don't, I don't want to trade him. I don't know if you agree with me on that. No, I, I certainly don't want to trade him, I guess. And I, trading I, Fournier away, yeah. I, I don't think impacts, you know, his relationship, you know, Vooch's relationship with the franchise. I don't think that, you know, I, I think he knows that Fournier in many ways holds, holds the offense back, holds, holds what the rest of the team can do when you do build out this roster a little bit better. And it's kind of a survival thing. It's either you get shipped out too, or Evan's got to go. And I, I don't think, I don't think he's going to get that pissed. I don't think he's going to get, you know, Tracy McGrady angry when you know, we trade Mike Miller away back in 03. Like, I don't think it's going to get to that point. They, they can still be friends despite the fact that they won't be teammates. And you're saying it's not going to be another Steve Francis and Catino Mobley situation. Correct. I don't know. I don't know if you would disagree with my viewpoint. I, no, I just think it's a, something to take into consideration. There's I agree. You're not wrong. Between, you know, there's a difference between Fournier deciding to move on if the Magic do everything in good faith. Uh, and then also, you know, everyone understands at the end of the day that it, it is a business after all. And both of them have been traded previously. This is very true. So I just saw Josh Robbins update, but the Magic are listing Cole Anthony as questionable to play Thursday night with the shoulder strain. He's not going to have to undergo an MRI, so that's good news. So we could finally use some good news because we want to see our rookie play. But um, anyway, so from one controversial shooting guard to maybe another, Terrence Ross just turned 30 years old. Happy birthday, bro. But, uh, you know, it might be time for you to go as well. Um I'm not a fan of his uh, conspiracy theories that he lays out all the time on Instagram and his podcast. I I'm sure you don't even bother looking at it. So, um, but I'm not a big fan of him. Ross has only missed one game this season. Unfortunately, he was out with the right hamstring injury in that game that flew, blew the doors out of us back uh, in late December at Amway center when we lost by 24 points. But 
Um, you know, for the second straight season, T Ross's numbers are dipping. He's at 14 points per game. His three point shooting percentage is at 33%, which is again, low for his standards and what we expect from him. Um, you know, that six man of the year campaign that we wanted to get started or I wanted to get started at the beginning of the season really quickly faded. And, he just depends so much on his athleticism to get up shots that even just kind of a slight bit of a decline is noticeable. And I'm, I'm seeing a, a bit of a decline in that. So uh, I think Wilhelm should really strongly consider shipping him out. He can't pass. He can't defend. He's not hitting shots. He's, he's worthless out there if he's not hitting shots in my mind, you know, I'm thinking almost like an end of career type of Jason Terry in that regard. So, I mean, T Ross, he's got two more years left on his deal after this season at around $12 million per, and that's a decent contract to move. Again, could be a great addition for a title contending team that needs another shooter. If you have Ross out there as your fourth or fifth scoring option and not, you know, your number one scoring option for a bench unit, then, you're you're really going to he's going to get much better looks than he gets now. But at the same time, you don't have to rely on him to do anything else. He just needs to shoot. And for the magic, you know, we need a, we need a guys that can do more than what Ross does at this point. And from a rebuilding perspective, Ross is just going to age out of this rebuild in my mind, because, again, his athleticism is waning. And it's I, again, I'm visually seeing a slight decrease. Obviously, the training staff and the front office have have the actual you know statistics and the numbers and and all the data for that if, if they can and they can judge on that but you know if the magic can deal t ross and get back maybe a you know a young up-and-coming bench wing who can potentially be a, a great you know three-point shooter as a main piece of a deal then i'd strongly consider it um because t ross is again on a similar level as Evan, where he has trouble rising in you know to the occasion in the playoffs. There's kind of a, a track record there now, and I, I don't know. What's your thoughts on T. Ross? Yeah, I think uh, we're still waiting for him to reclaim the level of production of his uh, previous contract year, and uh, he's hamstrung a little bit by the roster construction for sure. He's also hamstrung by his own limitations. There's been. Uh, I think plenty of opportunity for him to expand his game in terms of being a, not necessarily a full-time playmaker, but just when, when teams are really loading up on him, you know, it's, uh, I guess it's more difficult than it seems to make the right pass out of blitzes or double teams or, or whatever. I think he settles a lot for very difficult shots. And while he can be, and sometimes is a difficult shot maker, it's certainly not a, the most efficient offense. Um, and I think you're, I think it's t you, the, the value that he brings to our team is not commensurate with the value that he could bring to another team in a different situation. Um, and if we can exchange him for some other kind of intriguing asset, I think I, I would agree that especially now that this season has imploded, that appears to make the most sense. See, that's why I love you, buddy, because you, you can make my exact same point and just make it much more smartly and intelligently than I can. So there I, you go. that's why our show is so great is because we both think the same about pretty much 95 <laughs> percent of the topics. Right. Well, look, when you and I, yeah, when, when you and I are maybe some of the most invested magic fans that exist out there and some, and some of the most diehard magic fans that exist out there, like we, we've seen all the good, we've seen all the shit and, you know, 
I'm not saying we should get paid to give front office advice or whatnot. I mean, maybe we should, but it's, <laughs> Yeah, you know, we we've been around. Let's let's put it that way. We we've seen a lot, and I I think I think our we we our input is very valid. That's that's my point. And I think when great mics you know great minds think alike, then you know go with it. Yep. All right, Alfred Camino, uh, another thirty year old. We had not seen him since late November of twenty nineteen. Uh, it was interesting enough that he did come back uh, in a game that was played in Portland, his previous home. But last night he played four minutes and 52 seconds in the first half, didn't have a shot attempt. And then he came right back out of the game due to basically what's being determined as precautionary hamstring tightness. Um, well, he precautionary was taken out because of hamstring tightness. But, you know, we'll see how much more he plays during the road trip. But that's been a rough signing. First, you you just want Chief to be healthy. But as good as his defensive contributions can be for this team, his offense was atrocious. Those those 18 games he did play for us last season before the, the knee issue happened. And then, you know, he just couldn't shoot from deep. Uh, he, he was even worse finishing at the rim. He was he was literally one of the worst finishers at the rim in the NBA. It was it was that bad. Um, but we'll see, you know, he got the mid-level exception when we signed him last year and he'll be a $10 million expiring contract next season. We may, we may be able to offload him for, for something nice, who knows, but, um, you know, with the hamstring tightness, it's, it's not shocking to see a guy who comes back from a, from a big time injury or several injuries that, you know, they'll play a few minutes, they'll feel something maybe slightly uneasy and want to come out of the game. And I think it's, it's kind of one of those. So it's, it's a wait and see approach with him. Hopefully he plays Thursday in the golden state game. And hopefully he, we can actually just kind of be able to actually evaluate him properly. Yeah. I don't think he could uh, contribute much less than he did last year when he was healthy, probably contributed more being hurt than he did on the floor. Yeah. Uh, you're not wrong. I mean, as sad as that is to say, I mean, we don't want people to get injured or whatnot, but I mean, he, he was brutal on the court. He was. And uh, again, as a person, you know, every everything seems to be the elite of the elite in terms of person and locker room presence. And uh, certainly, I don't think, you know, even though he's a, a, a veteran, um, I think that the team will follow the same return from injury protocol that they do with all of the younger players and be uh, extraordinarily cautious. So I, you know, hopefully he'll he'll see the court tomorrow night. Um, and continue to work his way back. And then again, as you mentioned, we have, uh, you know, we do we keep him as an insurance policy behind our, our young touted forwards? Do we try and yeah. flip him for something else? Do we keep him as a, um, like a, you know, some, someone to bring the locker room together? I guess there's options there um, and the options become more plentiful if he is actually a participating member of the team on the floor. Yeah. Look, I mean, if he, if he come if he actually starts playing well for, and plays well for the next month, then Aaron Gordon, the likelihood of Aaron Gordon being traded away probably goes up a lot because, you know, but, and we'll, we'll talk about Chumo Kiki here shortly, but it's we could be in a situation where, you know, it, I, if you want to get, a, a great score or potentially great score. That's a wing. Aaron Gordon is your likely best piece to do that. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, but uh, you know, Jonathan Isaac, just real quick. We, we obviously want him to keep getting healthy. We hope his rehab keeps going well. He's, he's working hard from what we've seen and, and what we've heard. 
maybe he can keep entertaining us some more with some more uh, TV broadcast contributions, uh, and, you know, with David and Jeff, uh, I, I think as a TV broadcaster, he's, he's pretty well in that, uh, that ministry experience is really kicking in. Um, you know, my only other thought with Isaac is I'm sorry that Advent health replaced you in their commercials. They probably Ooh. didn't want a guy that's been, uh, unfortunately injured as much as you have on their commercials, but you know, just keep working and, you know, he's got that contract extension stability, just like Markel Fultz. So I, he's, he's the guy, man. If, 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 you know, if Isaac and Fultz can get healthy and you still hold on to Vucevic, that's, that's something to work with, man. Especially if, again, you can get that, that number one scoring option to go with those guys, you, you got something there. Yeah, and uh, not to get away from Isaac, hopefully he continues to progress and certainly he will attack each step with uh, vigor. Um, but you, you mentioned that core, and if you can add to that core, it's a deep draft, you know? If yeah, you I didn't even find... think about our, 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 our potentially top five draft pick either, yeah. Yeah, I didn't mention so that. just, I mean, Donovan Mitchell is a stretch, but somebody, somebody of that you know, just some sort of offensive talent. If it's whether it's Cunningham or not, there's uh, I think the future remains bright. And certainly Isaac is uh, one of the brightest spots of the future, assuming he can get right for a little bit. Yep. Gary Clark. I will be surprised if he's in a magic Jersey next season. He had another horrendous game last night. It's, it's quite the fall from his Disney bubble run, which it, you know, it, it's, I'm just so surprised at how terrible he's been doing. He's playing 21 minutes per game, but he's averaging 3.3 points per contest. He's shooting like 28% from the field, 25% from three. And it's just, it's just not coming close to cutting it. And I mean, I'll, I'll combine it now with Chumo Kiki, because I think, you know, once that minutes restriction is gone for Chuma, which could be coming any day now, but there's zero reason why Chuma shouldn't be starting over Gary Clark at power forward. You know, Chuma's passing is just, it, it, it more than encourages me. It's, it's, it's outstanding for, for a rookie right now, the passing that he does for, you know, for a guy of his, his size and his position. I mean, just some outstanding dimes that he's had in various games this season. He's a very nice defender already. I mean, last night you could see his mid-game adjustments against Carmelo Anthony. He learns quick. Uh, you know, 40% shooting from the field. It's okay. You know, he's only played nine games, so the there's all volatility in the shooting percentages right now. We'll, we'll see later on in the season where he settles at. But, you know, he hobbled off in that Philly loss in late December, and he's just missed all that time with the bone bruise. But with AG out, Chuma can definitely get some starts under his belt soon. I don't know what your thoughts are on both Gary and Chuma. Yeah, for Chuma, I think that we'll see the same kind of learn. I hope that we'll see the same kind of learning curve that we did with Cole Anthony. Um, and to your point, I, I, you know, everyone's ragging on Steve Clifford, and he's by no means a perfect coach. But uh, you know, Okiki was getting major rotational minutes from day one this year, and uh, if if you know, I guess Bamba's its own case, and we'll talk about him. But mm -hmm. I if you can produce and you earn the trust of the coaching staff, you, there will be minutes for you. So from that perspective, you know, he, he's trusting the younger players that have, I guess, earned it in practice or in workouts or what have you. I'm encouraged by Okiki again. Um, it just, it feels like we've, we, the same, same discussion we had with Cole Anthony that for rookies to come in with 
confidence, whether it's confidence or understated, and I'm probably a little more understated with Okiki than Cole Anthony, it, it just, I think it gives them a, a greater opportunity to be successful. And then for Gary Clark, it's just sad. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and, and it's, you, you, if you're supposed to be a shooter, you've got to put the ball in the basket. The same thing like with Hazonia, where it just never happened. And a, a very quick aside, I will say, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that Gary Clark is obviously passionate and trying his best. Uh, I, uh, in my entire high school career, uh, low volume, I never missed a free throw. Not one time. 100% free throw shooter in high school basketball. That's my I, guy. I, uh, I played basketball in a league, uh, I think at the YMCA, an adult rec league, and I airballed a free throw. And uh, for, from then on, for years and years and years, anytime I played organized basketball, I've had the yips at the free throw line. So my point is that uh, it doesn't... <laughs> Your point it, is your Nick Anderson. That's, it that's doesn't take much to lose confidence, right? And once yeah. you lose confidence, it's so hard to get it back. Um, especially if you're not just insanely talented and have that, that belief in your talent. And I, I don't think Gary Clark meets that uh, requirement. So I, I would not be surprised to see continued shooting struggles. And if that's the case, he's, he's almost unplayable. He really is unplayable at this point, but we have no bodies, so we, we have no choice. I mean, he's still starting. That's the sad part. But again, Steve, if Chuma doesn't have a minute restriction, Steve will start Chuma. He, he trusts the guy. And Chuma's got the confidence that I like. He's he's a silent, confident guy. Like, I mean, yeah. he communicates on the court, you know, a little bit here and there, but like it's not a boastful confidence. So I, I like that. So we'll we'll see how he progresses. But I mean, look, Markel Fultz was pretty quiet his rookie year, and then this this second or I mean his first season with us, and then his you know, this campaign, you could see Markel was developing the leader. He, he really was very confident about just everything that he spoke about. So Chuma could, could end up becoming like that. But all right, Aaron Gordon, uh, AG, Mr. Uh, should have been two-time dunk champion. Fortunately, does not have either dunk championship title. Look, I, I got nothing against people that like smoking weed, but it's it's a little obvious sometimes with AG, be it on TV interviews or on social media. If you're so high that you're posting topless nudes of your girlfriend on your IG stories, you got to relax a little bit with that. That's that's my critique about that. Um, you know, keep preventing the keep promoting, you know, mental health, wellness. Um, you know, his podcasts are actually kind of is pretty cool at times. Um I appreciate all the donations that he's that he's made to the community, um, especially when it comes to developing, uh, you know, STEM, you know, both, you know, science and math and whatnot in in the Paramore community with with uh, with kids that uh, that could use a lot of help that he provides. So that's all awesome. Um, you know, AG, he got cheap shotted again by Kyle Lowry over a week ago, this time in the knee. And then, and then, you know, that cheap shot coming after the bubble cheap shot that took him out basically for several months. And he really, you know, that hamstring injury that he suffered, it took him four months to fully recover. I mean, going into this season, he was on a minutes restriction at times and he may be back from this, you know, left sprained ankle injury that he recently suffered by the March 25th trade deadline. We're going to find out they put like a four to six week timetable on it. So it's going to be close. AG's only 25 years old this season. He's averaging 14 points per contest, seven rebounds per game. 
career high 4.2 dimes per games. That's having because it's also because he's had to handle some point guard duties at times, or at least ball handling duties, but that's very nice to see, uh, you know, the 43% field goal percentage could be better, but that 37% three point percentage, that's, that's solid, man. And he's even way, he's even way better in catch and shoot situations, but you know, I, I still would like him to be more of a shot Marion 2.0 where he's not kind of, you know, herky jerky going all over the place with the ball at times, but you know, in this situation, at least this season, for much of it, AG hasn't really had much of a choice because, again, you know, hand, you know, Clifford's had had him being the ball handler at times for some games. You know, there's inconsistent results. Some games, it's it's awesome. He's he's you know he's getting triple doubles. Others, not so much. But I certainly prefer him to have the ball over Fournier. And you know, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with them now because. You know, well, Tam, they they have a decision to make. Do you deal him next, you know, within the next month? Do you hold on to him until the summer? Do you deal other guys away like Isaac, Okiki, or Minu? You know, AG is making $18 million this season. He's only making about $16 million next season, which will be the final year of his deal. So he's coming up as well. You know, you already gave Isaac that big contract extension. Do you like Aminu over AG? Do you like AG over Aminu? We don't know. The front office knows. Um, you know, if you're tanking, trading away Aaron this season makes sense. Uh, you could just keep him sidelined due to injury as well. But, you know, if if Chuma, Chief, and, and Gary Clark are all healthy, you know, by the deadline, it could be a lot easier to pull the trade trigger at that point. Um, you know, when when Aaron does come back, Though you know, I, I do think he plays better with uh, with the fro instead of the rose. I, I don't have statistics to back that up, but uh, I think he he plays better with the fro. I think it just gives him more aerodynamic ability. But uh, you know, one the only good thing with this injury is he he can't be tempted to to throw his hat into the dunk contest ring at least. Which uh, you know, again, I we'll talk about it at the end a little bit. But I don't know why there's going to be an all star game or all-star weekend but yeah. uh yeah i'm glad at least ag won't be tempted with it um i don't want to just say you know we're throwing air gordon away like I, I don't really want to do that i do like his game i think he could actually play well alongside jonathan isaac but you know if the front office doesn't see that then you have to trade him you know here in the next month you know can you make him or at least maybe, you know, or at least in the off season, you know, in the off season, it doesn't seem like Bradley Beal is going to get traded till at least the summer. So can you make him part, you know, can you make AG part of a package for a guy like Bradley Beal in the off season? Who knows? We'll see. But um, what are your thoughts on Aaron? Look, I think with we've seen enough Chumo Kiki's game so far that I like him. Chumo Kiki could be one of the starting forwards next to Jonathan Isaac or he could be your, you know, your first forward off the bench, depending on, again, if you can somehow make some type of ideal trade package to bring in that go-to scorer. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, let's start with the overwhelming positive, which is that he, before he was uh, sidelined with the ankle injury, he got on a torrid shooting streak, as you mentioned, specifically the catch and shoot, but also off the drill. I mean, he just got hot. So that was nice. And uh, there's no defender on the team presently healthy, uh, quite like AG, where he takes the opposing team's best player and you know does his does his damnedest to to shut them down, and oftentimes with 
pretty successful results. So that's all the positive. The, the net negative, again, is trying to play um, beyond his capabilities. And at this point, it's been years now where, you know, he's, he's stretching the limits in a negative way repeatedly. So again, virtue of the way the roster is constructed, I think he also cares about winning um, in addition to personal stats and everything. And yeah. I think that he's trying to do what he can to, you know, drag the team up with him to, to, to win. Um, it doesn't always work out like that. And I think at this point, I think a decision does have to be made. I wouldn't be surprised if something happened over the summer. I don't think anything will happen during the season, but it, it may be mutually beneficial to move Aaron along, get him into um, probably somewhere on the West Coast where he would be happy um, and to kind of shuffle the deck and find a piece that, that might fit more seamlessly uh, along with Oki, uh, Isaac and, and Okiki. Um, and, and find, you know, a pairing that makes the most sense. Yeah, it feels like Western Conference teams are our best for some of the guys we want to trade away, be it Evan, Terrence, you know, AG, you know, Portland needs help. Sacramento needs help. Uh, Golden State, if they want to make a push, you know, with Clay Thompson out, they, they could use help. I mean, the both LA teams may be, may, may be interested. I mean, there's, there, there's so, there's a lot of Western Conference teams, Denver, I mean, that, that could, be looking to make that one trade that the magic have very talented guys they do it just hasn't quite fit together and then injuries have gotten in the way and so you know we're in this situation now where you know you're you're building around your two young you know your two main guys you know, that are young and, and Isaac and Fultz who are both injured and then you got you know other big pieces around them like Vucevic and then whatever your upcoming lottery pick's going to be so I mean we'll we'll see how this goes but uh all right, let's, let's get to the centers. So Nikola Vucevic, that's my guy. He, uh, he fell last night. Hope he's, he's good for Thursday. Uh, if not, hopefully he doesn't miss more than a game or two, but I mean, we're, we're 100% screwed when he doesn't play, but he's, <laughs> he's, he's still the best player on this team. We've been saying that for like nine years, it feels like, but uh, you know, he deserves to be in a contender. I hope it's with this franchise, with this team. Uh, his game, I already said it should age well. He's 30 years old. He doesn't depend a lot on athleticism. You know, he could still be putting up these numbers that he's doing right now for in the next three or four years. You know, he had that career high 43 points in the win over the Bulls recently. His averaging a career high 23.3 points per game. And then that's going with his 11 and a half boards per contest, an elite 42% from three point range, 42% from deep. He's an all-star, but because our record sucks, he won't get voted in the first go-around probably. So I think, uh, you know, he's at least been a one-time all-star. I'd like to make a multi-time all-star, but I think with if players sit out the all-star game due to injury or COVID-19 worries, I think he'll definitely get in as an alternate, and it seems like he wants to be a part of that. So, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely the worst team in the league with Vooch. Even with Booch, we're a bottom five team considering all the other injuries that have occurred. But well, what are your thoughts on, on Vooch? And I don't want to trade him. I don't think we could get what we really want back in a trade situation for him. Uh, I don't know. What do, what do you think, Benny? Yeah, I think, well, you're, yeah, he's an all-star player. He's an all-star this year, and the team was doing their best to dick him out of it. Which <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it clearly means a lot to him, as it should. I think he's put in a ton of work. You see the results in, in terms of the 
willingness and ability to hit the three-point shot. Now, you know, 42, 43% might be unsustainable, but certainly 38, 39 is great. Um, and there's no reason that he can't continue to put up really efficient 20 and 10 stat lines for the foreseeable future, even hopefully as we, you know, get more offensive firepower through the draft or free agency or trade or whatever the case may be. Um, to, to your point, I don't see the benefit in moving him. I think you need one stability, one stable piece along with the foundation. And I think for me, you know, again, he's a competitor and a professional and everything else. But um, I, I think the, the best case scenario is he is your starting center. And then on occasion, you go to um, small ball lineups with a healthy Jonathan Isaac at the five or something like that, where there's roster flexibility. Um, and, you know, I think the, so that's how some of the, that's how all of the best teams are constructed is you have that ability to play up or play down, but also, um, you know, he's the hub <laughs> offensively. He's the hub for now. Um, and I think he can, still be extremely efficient and productive if and when we add additional talent to the team. So no, no reason to move him. You're not going to get equal value for what he brings to the table. And from a fan perspective, I think it's nice to have, you know, you run into this with Fournier, not so much because we, we don't like him as much, but <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's nice to have a connection to the players, right? That you just don't have as frequently with shorter contracts and everything. It's nice to feel like you, you have developed a relationship with a guy who has clearly developed a relationship with the city. He wants um, to be here. He does. And, and not like that, that mercenary feeling. So it would, be, it would be nice if we could align our timeline with his timeline. Um, and, and get better. Yeah. I, uh, gosh, if, if we do trade him, I, I might become distraught. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right. Let's talk Ken Birch and Mo Bamba. I'm going to combine the two and then I'll kind of leave, leave the floor, uh, you know, leave it, leave the mic for you at the end. But, uh, anyway, so Ken Birch is hitting corner threes, uh, which I was not expecting this season, but he's hit a couple corner threes is Kim, but it's, it's quite a sight. And, you know, he's 28 years old. He's still trying to improve. He's, he's an elite screen setter, you know, in this league and combined with all the hustle that he, that he has, and he shows off everywhere, every night. It's a big reason why Mo Bamba multiple times now these past few years has lost rotation minutes. And so, you know, Kem's averaging career highs and, you know, seven points per game and six rebounds per contest. Uh, he's apparently got teams making phone calls about him, but I don't know what you get for him in a trade. He's making $3 million this season, but he's a free agent in the offseason. So, again, Weltam are going to have a decision to make there, especially if, for some reason, they disagree with Clifford's uh, reasoning of not playing Mo. Then if they do, then you can just trade Kim, and then you have no, you know, Steve's got no choice but to play Mo. But that doesn't seem to be the, the thought coming from the front office. But they've been pretty mum and quiet on this at this point so we don't really truly know their thoughts on it but i don't know what much you can get for kim birch in a trade and i you know it will it's i don't know i really don't know which way to go because i don't have much faith in mo bamba being a big time contributor to this franchise moving forward and there's some people that are going to say well mo hasn't had the opportunity to prove it i kind of disagree but 
I mean, look, Mo may never figure it out here in Orlando, and he might end up figuring it out somewhere else when we ship him off. I mean, that's what happened with Markel Fultz when we took him from, from Philadelphia. So maybe that's going to happen in this situation. But I will say last night, Mo not getting even just two or three minutes to spot Vooch a breather was a, is a big red flag as far as you know, what, what the hell's going on here. Why, why do you have like nine healthy guys and Mo is still not seeing the floor, you know, it's what's going on there, but you know, Mo, you know, Mo got knocked out of the rotation by Birch before the pandemic shut down the league. People kind of forget that, but that did happen because the magic just play better with Birch on the floor. It, that just seems to be the situation. And then Mo suffered, you know, prolonged issues by getting COVID-19, which is why we didn't see him in the bubble. He got knocked in the head in prog, you know, in practice that forced him to miss at least one magic game uh, earlier this season. Then he missed time being the only magic player so far this campaign, or at least knowingly this campaign to miss game action due to, you know, something COVID-19 related, you know, he reportedly didn't get the illness again, but was kept out due to, you know, the NBA's contact tracing health safety protocols. I hear about, uh, you know, a lot of moaning about Moe's per 36 numbers, you know, his per 36 stats, fuck per 36 stats. You know, everyone that's on the bench has awesome per 36 stats. I think Taco Fall has like Will Chamberlain numbers if you do them per 36. But, uh, you know, Mo in the nine games he's played, he's shooting 63% from the floor. A lot of them are, are dunks in, in garbage time, but you know, he's, he's still putting up stats in that situation. For me, he's, he's not passing the eye test. And, you know, this, this is, I guess, maybe a controversial viewpoint on my part, but I think his, his, just his reactions, his, his, mo, you know, his motor skills, just, they, they don't look as fluid to me. And his defense has been bad, even in the garbage time, people focus on the offensive numbers, but his defense hasn't been that great. He might get a block or two here and there, but overall it's, it's, it's not great. Again, I'm speculating, but you know, maybe there's some type of COVID-19 effect still going on that had not been publicly mentioned because it doesn't have to be publicly mentioned. I hope I'm wrong. And this is just like Obama is just rusty for some reason, but you know, even when, when he was drafted out of Texas, people questioned his motor, you know, he's, he has a very questionable and inconsistent motor and that's been a problem. And Steve clearly likes what Kim brings. Even if Mo's got more talent and more skill, Kim actually gets the most of what he can bring. And he, he does see, you know, other players seem to like playing with Kim more than with Mo. That just seems to be the, the situation. And, you know, if nothing else, Kem, again, is an elite screen setter. And when you're an elite screen setter, guys like playing with you. But, um, you know, if Weltham were disappointed with Moe's lack of playing time, they would have traded Kem away by now. And that's kind of my viewpoint. So I, I don't know. I don't know what what you do going forward here in the new term, what you do at the deadline. What what are your thoughts? I mean, I like Kem. He's 28 years old. Could I see him being on the magic for, for another four years? I actually could, you know, Kem's not a gigantic leaper. So I don't think athletic wise, he's going to decline too much. I mean, he's, he's a strong guy. He's maybe the strongest guy in the team, but um, I I'm very low on Mo Bamba. I've been low on Mo Bamba for, for a while. I don't know your thoughts, Benny. Well, first let's, let's uh, wrap up Kem. First, you have to give him, I think a lot of credit for continuing to improve and expand his game. And uh, his, his, he's perfectly suited to be the third string center on this team, uh, not behind Obama, but just in a perfect world, you'd love to bring him back on the same type contract and park him as a 
stash in case of emergency where he can play uh, the backup role or, or emergency start. But um, I think he's a perfect third string center in the NBA. And I think it speaks to his professionalism. Um, you know, I, I also think he would accept that role. Right. Um, I don't think he deserves to accept that role now based on the roster construction, but I think he's yeah, but he would. Yeah. agreeable to it as he was last season. Um, and you just can't argue with the results, which is the, the team is clearly better with him on the floor than it is with Mo Bamba. And that's part of the, you know, those those very rough years that we've gone through is force feeding minutes to young players because they are young does not necessarily serve the intended purpose of making them better. And uh, we, we don't know what type of potential COVID long hauler effects Mo is dealing with. Certainly he's extremely intelligent and thoughtful. Um, we don't know if that translates necessarily to basketball IQ. I don't know that it it, it could has. be an Andrew Nicholson situation. It to could this be. Point, I, I think that uh, sometimes it's uh, detrimental to be so <laughs> intelligent. Uh, we've talked about that. Um, I Not that they're the same player at all. No, 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 no I, they're not. And, and also, I think my, my comparison, not a similar player, um, is like a Nerland's Noel, where there's there's flashes and the body is there. The, you know, the physique is there. The length is there. Um, but they never seem to quite put it all together or they almost do. And then there's an injury and then that's just kind of it in perpetuity. I have not seen, look, we want it to, what, sixth overall pick, right? We, oh yeah, we want it we, to happen. We want it to we, work. The, and, and, the, and the decision makers who made the decision want it to work. So if, there, if it was possible that it could work, would he not be on the floor and if he was being held back by some sort of personal objection or anything else, don't you think there would be more frustration um, besides a potential subtweet coming out of him or his, you know, his agent, his team? I, I think that there's something going on that we are not privy to yeah. um, in terms of his development, but based on where he is right now and where Kem is, I, I just don't see how anyone can question that. No. Yeah. And I mean, look, you know, I think it was, was it last year where Bamba was on that, you know, missed that one that, or maybe it was two years ago now, but uh, you know, there's a story where Bamba, you know, and Cole Anthony shared the story on the magic pod squad where Mo Bamba basically overslept and missed the Dallas practice, you know, pretty much. And so he actually missed, playing at all in in that in his first game in Dallas or would have been his first game in Dallas so I mean I don't know if there's other incidents of that but there's clearly a reason we don't know the reason maybe we'll find out soon maybe it's going to take you know it'll take until Bamba's traded maybe we won't know ever we're going to find out you know maybe Mo Bamba is going to get an opportunity and he'll figure it out but we don't know um and but I I like Kim more than Mo at this point and you know, magic Twitter screaming bloody murder, you know, murder about Mo getting minutes. There's a reason there really is, you know, and maybe we'll find out, maybe we won't, but you're right. There's, there's something there that we're not privy to information wise and we'll see going forward. All right. Let's uh, I got a few final questions here and, and some stuff before we will get out of here. We know this is a long pod, but we've been, <laughs> we've been gone for like two, for almost two months. So it's, you know, it's been like a month and a half we've, we've missed basically, but 
All right, Penny. Excluding Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac, which Magic player that has missed substantial time due to injury this season have the Magic missed the most? Uh, solid question. The answer is going to be Cole Anthony if he misses any time. Um, I think the answer by default is Evan Fournier right now. What do you do? You agree? I actually think it's Aaron Gordon. Um, you know, because of just his versatility on both ends. You you mentioned him, you know yourself. He's our best defender on the team. He can play like three. He can play any position on the floor technically. You know, right. and yep. his catch and shoot three-point ability has been better than Evan Fournier. Like actually Aaron Gordon has been a better three-point shooter than Evan Fournier this season, I believe. So, you know, it's, and I trust AG more of as a distributor and a, and a ball handler than Evan. So that's, that's my pick, but I don't know if you want to defend your Evan take. Uh, I think the, the record speaks for itself. That's also attributable to Markel, but the, the offense just cratering without a secondary kind of playmaker or creator yeah. um, at whatever poor level of creator he is, he's still a creator for our team. So uh, I guess that's my, that's my defense of Evan Fournier, but certainly can agree that Aaron Gordon is of uh, extreme importance to the team as well. Okay. Penny, if you could get honest feedback and future magic roster plan outlooks from Weltham on one magic player, who would that be? Uh, that's a real solid question. Um, I, I would, I would choose, I think Jonathan Isaac. Um, and we feel like we already know a lot, right? Because they've already extended him. Mm -hmm. um, but we, who, are they listening to deals for him? Is there an opportunity to flip him? Is the plan to, continue to you know put some weight on him and transition him up to potentially playing the five spot or you know what would, what kind of focal point do they see him as i think that'd be interesting to know um unfiltered yeah basically i guess the answer is one of the centers or power forwards at this point like for me it's personally either aaron gordon or mo bamba like yeah are they done with Mo Bamba and, and ready to, to maybe include him in a trade package? Heck, maybe with Aaron Gordon to try and, and get something, or maybe with Jonathan Isaac. Like that's that that's two, you know, that's that that'd be two really young, potentially great pieces right there for a team. You know, there's, yep. there's, there's a lot of flexibility there. I think it's gonna I, I think for me it's Aaron because if if they really do want to ship him out, then the the path is kind of there for for what you want to do. You know, that means you know, if you want to ship Aaron out, you're keeping Isaac. You're right. keeping Chuma and then you're, you're flipping Aaron for a, a go-to score. That's either, you know, like a, a sh that's basically a shooting guard. That's, that's kind of my viewpoint. Um, all right. Could, and this is the big question. This is kind of the, the, the overlying theme of this, but could and should the magic pull off a three and a half month take tank plan or three and a half month tank, Benny? Uh, should they? Yes. Can they? Pro probably also yes, without a lot of extra effort. <laughs> uh, I, I think just you're, you're going in right now, especially without Aaron Gordon and for however long Fournier is out, that uh, you're going in so outclassed to basically every matchup that it doesn't take a lot to, um, you know, still try and have good habits, but just to fall short in terms of talent and execution. Yeah, I, I think it's time. Uh, you know, there's there's no uh, no other other teams are in so mode right now. You know, maybe Detroit because they dealt away Derrick Rose, but I mean they're 
they they might leap the leapfrog the magic in the in the win loss record here in the next week or two. We're, we'll see. But I mean, we're again thirty five percent through the seventy two game season from hell. Uh, we we have the fourth west you know, fourth worst record in the NBA. I think it's it's very feasible you could do this. I mean, look at the bodies we're missing. Even if you hold on to Vucevic, we can't win if you deal Evan and or T Ross and or Aaron Gordon, or if you just hold out Aaron Gordon, like we just can't win. Like you can't do it with this roster right now from, from an injury perspective. Um, I, I don't know what film it's from. It could be from rounders. It could be from, you know, 21. It's like, it's from a poker film, I think, but basically it goes like this. If, if you sit down at a, at a table, at a poker table, at a card table, and you can just, and, and you can't quickly figure out who the mark is or who the sucker is, it's probably you. And in this situation, the magic are the mark, you know, there, there isn't a single game on the schedule that the magic go into now where you expect to win none. There just isn't one. Can you no. disagree with me on that? I, I, I agree. And I tried to pick out the next win and I couldn't. Yeah. So, I mean, the basketball gods want us to tank at this point, you know, they've taken all, I mean, basically all our talented bodies away, you know, and it just, that, that this is, this is all you need is three and a half months. You can only put in 4,000 fans, 4,000 butts into those Amway center seats right now because of COVID-19. So you're not missing that much revenue. You're really not, you know, playoff games or playing games, aren't going to do you anything right now you know even if the magic were to get in the playoff you know in the play-in game as like a, a an 11th seed or something like they they wouldn't be hosting a game that that wouldn't right. be happening so um you know but just, just tank for three and a half months that's all you've got to do man because then you're guaranteed a top five pick you're basically guaranteed a top five pick you know, then we'll see with the ping pong balls. Maybe you end up with number one. Even if you end up with five, this is supposed to be a really deep draft. It's looking like a really nice draft. And you can maybe even trade up if you want then at that, in that point. But then you get Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac back next season. And you're a playoff team again by November, December. You know, if you have Fultz, Isaac, Fooch, your top five lottery pick and or a number one type score, like maybe like a Bradley Bill, you know, then, then, then you're in it. You're, you're right there. You're probably a top four team in the East, you know, if people can stay healthy. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is, you know, Jeff Weltman, John Hammond, Steve Clifford, all of their contracts are expiring at the end of next season, at the end of the 2021, 2022 season. You know, you want, if you want to buy yourself more time and get another contract, just tank for these three and a half months, Put this team in a better situation moving forward because, look, there's no situation where a coach or a front office wants to be in the final, you know, final year of their contract. That that that, that it very rarely gets to that point. Either they get a contract extension or they get fired. So th this is it, man. You got three and a half months to just put yourself in a better position and just grab it, man. It's right there. The injuries have laid it out for us. Just got to take it. I don't know if you got any further thoughts on that. I think to your point, financially, there's, you know, you're not losing a lot of gate revenue. I could check the schedule, but I would imagine there's only what 17 or 18 home games left. If you successfully get yourself down to, let's say the second, you know, well, bottom three with the, with the 25% odds, that's where you want to be. Number one would be great because then you can only slip so far, right? But to your point, there's financial incentive, not, not just from a, 
a team success standpoint, but there's a financial incentive to, to suck your way through the last part of this fake season and then generate a whole bunch of interest and excitement on a shiny new number one draft pick coming when the building can be full again next year with all of your returning healthy players and also um, the rookies that are getting seasoning this year. And then maybe, you know, a couple of very smart signings and free agency, low dollar signings over the course of the summer. You, you can set yourself up in a major way uh, much better than you could if we rode out this hot streak this year and ended up at a 500 record. Yeah, that's let's see how it plays out, my guy. Right. All I right. Have, real quick, I have a 30 second question for you before we wrap this up based on magic Twitter. Is there any part of you that agrees with the uh, calls for Steve Clifford's head right now? No, I, I don't, man. I mean, I don't want to give him a contract extension, but even we give him a contract extension, like guys get fired like days after signing their contract extension in a whole bunch of sports. So like, that's, that's not the end all be all, but no, I'm, I'm not at that point yet because he's playing guys like Chuma. He's trusting guys like Fultz when they're out there. It's, you know, the only rough pat, you know, rough spot is basically with, with, uh, you know, with Mo Bamba. I mean, you can say, you know, look, I, I didn't like it that he would play Fultz and Augustine together. I didn't like it that Augustine would be the ball handler and Fultz would be the guy camping out. There's there's, it's not perfect, but he's Clifford gets a lot out of this roster. That's, that's kind of my viewpoint. Um, Especially with, with these injuries that have kicked in, but I don't know. What do you think you want? I mean, I, I I do think that when the time will come where the magic will need to upgrade a head coach, but now is not that time. I, I agree with that. I think for now, you certainly can't fault him based on who he has available at, at his disposal to play outside of Bamba, which we talked about. Um, and also, I think it's important pretty much that there's not a lot of negative talk coming out of the players when they're on different podcasts and things of that nature. I think, um, you know, not that you would expect them to say negative things, but they certainly don't have to say positive things. And they tend to to speak pretty highly of Clifford. So I, I think for now, it would do more harm than good to make yet another coaching change. Very good point. Uh, would you trade Beal? Uh, would you trade for Beal if it meant giving up Jonathan Isaac? Um, if if Aaron Gordon was committed and if we saw a little more flash from Okiki, then I would probably sign off on that. I, I actually would consider, and again, a lot's going to depend on these last three and a half months of the season. You know, if, if you plan on key, if you like Aaron Gordon, can you make that trade and still get, let's say, uh, let's say a number three overall pick and next in the next draft, then I would definitely. Yeah. I, I, if it meant giving up our, our top five, what would probably be our top five pick. I, I would say no, like we'd have to keep that pick, but with it and you end up throwing in other picks instead, I'm, yeah. I'm interested. So, yeah. um, and again, Beal doesn't want to get traded till the off season, which might work out timing wise, especially when Isaac's extension money actually kicks in, but all right, two quick points. I think you and I both agree that there should not be an all-star game, but it's happening in Atlanta and it's happening March 7th. Um, if, if, you know, if this does happen, Obviously, we want Vooch to get in. Would you want to see Vooch in the three-point contest? I think he would. He should and actually would get an invite in that situation. 
Uh, that'd be fun, but he would only make four out of five from the top, and then uh, <laughs> it would be a terrible performance. Hey, we don't know, man. He could be good on the rack, but he, I mean, right. he's a tall guy, but he's got to get through there. But just please don't have an all-star game. It's going to happen, though. It. It's, yeah. it's going to happen because money, but it, there's going to be a lot of guys dropping out, and I think Vooch will definitely be, be an all-star. So you know, two-time all-star would be pretty good on the record there. All right, last point. So the Magic partnered with Advent Health for its – it's training uh, facility. It's well, it's their medical training health practice facility, and it should be open by free agency of 2022. It should be open by then, which is good because the Magic can't do anything in 2021 free agency. So, uh, I just wanted to point that out. Hopefully, you know, our, our our training staff probably has to get reevaluated again with all these injuries that have been going on. So, hopefully, we get that figured out. But it's just very funny that. We're building, you know, the Magic are building this training facility, literally like a 30 second drive, not even from from the Amway Center and the practice facility. But that's what modern times demand. I don't know if you got any thoughts on that. I maybe they'll get started on the entertainment complex building that hopefully here in the next year, maybe less. We're going to find out. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to make that point. Any final thoughts before we get out of here, Penny? Uh, let's just, uh, let's stay positive in the midst of everything and look for the individual improvement in our young players and whether that includes Bamba or not, so be it. Okay, buddy. Well, we appreciate you listening to another episode. Please subscribe and give us a wonderful rating. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. And with that, go magic, take care and just win. And by win, I mean tank. Get out the way, get out the way, get out the way.